I'm Chuck Smeaton, and this is the Cosmos Podcast brought to you by the Royal Institution of Australia. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land where I speak to you from today, and pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, where a Cosmos journalist pulls back the curtain to explore the exciting science in institutions around Australia. Today, Jacinta Bowler visits the Paleontology Lab at Flinders University to talk with Professor Gavin Prideau about his latest exciting discovery, a prehistoric mega-kangaroo. 40,000 years ago, Australia's largest animals, called megafauna, disappeared forever. But what caused it? Was it climate change, humans, or something else entirely? These questions have been debated for decades. A new paper has looked at megafauna from the highlands of Papua New Guinea, finding that humans and megafauna might have occasionally coexisted. We've basically been involved with some archaeologists from Australian National University who, back in the 1970s, did some excavations um, in Nombi Rock Shoulder up in the highlands of Papua New Guinea. And they discovered a really interesting uh, record of human occupation up there in this rock shoulder. And they collected a lot of bones of animals at the same time. Some of those bones they were able to identify. Some they were, weren't quite sure what they were. There were large kangaroo bones and some that they thought might have been um, remains of diprotodontids, which are large four-legged um, animals that are now extinct, somewhat related to wombats. So the bones that they were having trouble identifying them, they sent them to us. So we've got the bones in front of us. Can you tell us which is which? Yeah. Well, we've got um, right here. This is part of the jaw of a, of a thylacine, so a Tasmanian tiger. Thylacines up until 5,000 years ago, up until 3,000 years ago actually, used to live on mainland Australia, and they also used to live in New Guinea. And this is the back part of a jaw of, um, of a thylacine. Here we've got part of the pelvis of Protemidon tumbuna, so that four-legged um, bounding kangaroo. And right here, actually, um, you can see where the sample's been cut out and taken for dating. So the uranium thorium dating, um, this is one of the specimens that, that, that was dated using that method. This here is one of the real special ones, part of a humerus, so an upper arm bone of the holotherium. The forest diprotodontid or um, wombat relative that was living up um, in um, the Nombi area up until possibly 50,000 years ago or even more recently than that. Gavin and his team use their large digital library of bones to pinpoint identifications of the species. But when the bones were dated, it suggested that the animals might have lived long after their Australian mates became extinct. Some dating that was done on those um, megafaunal bones suggested that were as young as 20,000 years, which is really quite young because most of the megafauna across the Australian continent are believed to have died out about 40,000 years ago. And that's really interesting, that 20,000 year date, because some dating that was done in the 1970s originally suggested that those megafauna kangaroos might have survived in the Nombi area as recently as 20,000 years ago using a completely different method. So it kind of provides support for that. So it's really evocative that you potentially had some species of megafauna surviving in these remote parts of um, Highland New Guinea for much longer than elsewhere on the continent. You're listening to the Cosmos Podcast with Jacinta Bowler talking to Professor Gavin Prideau. 
And don't forget to visit cosmosmagazine.com for more great content. Now, let's get back to mega kangaroos. The remote part of Papua New Guinea might have been a little oasis for the kangaroos. The researchers showed with pollen dating that the area was mostly untouched by humans until thousands of years later. Let's paint a picture for me. What would the area around the Nombe rock shelter have been like during this period? It would have been somewhat similar to what it is now, but perhaps even slightly more forested and, and, and cooler. From the anatomy of the animals, one of the panda-like diprotodontid, the four-legged marsupial, it might have weighed about sort of 300, 350 kilos. It was built like it was moving through pretty dense sort of terrain. And then you've got the large kangaroo, Prothenron tambuna. It might have been able to hop, but it very clearly could move along, bounding along four on four legs. That's sort of more suggestive of pretty dense dense terrain, and it lines up with the, the pollen evidence that came from the site as well that suggested it was really, really well um, forested, but cool forest. It looks to have been a pretty dense area that People didn't visit very often through probably until about 20,000 years ago. So the earliest record for people in the highlands is perhaps 50, maybe even as early as 60,000 years ago. And people seem to have just made occasional forays there to hunt or uh, whatever for, for quite a long period of time. And they didn't really settle there significantly until after 20 or so thousand years. And, and we wonder whether potentially we could speculate that that may have a role in why those metafaunal kangaroos didn't survive until after that time. As interesting as this finding is, the Flinders team is particularly excited about next year, when they'll be able to visit a nearby Papua New Guinea site and potentially discover even more fascinating megafauna fossils. We have an Australia Pacific Science Foundation grant that um, begins next year where we're going to go up and revisit a whole bunch of fossil sites that haven't been visited for at least 30 years or longer. They are of different ages. Some are as, as much as 2 million years old, some are 50,000 years old or, or younger. We want to try and stitch together a much better understanding of the, the, the fossil um, history of New Guinea than currently exists. It's a really interesting area. It's very different to the rest of the Australian continent. It's had a very different history. But aside from a few snippets that have been collected, over the last century or so, we really know very little about it. But it has such a unique fauna now, it must have had an equally interesting evolutionary history as well, that fauna. So we want to get stuck in and see what we can find. And so we're really excited about that. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode. Remember that you can head to cosmosmagazine.com via the link in the description for more great content. You can also subscribe to Cosmos Magazine, Australia's only science print magazine, and Cosmos Weekly, with its unique approach to how science, news and the economy intersect. Podcast listeners can get both products at a special price using the coupon code you will also find in the description. And remember, if you support science and its communication, please support our work at the Royal Institution of Australia. I'm Chuck Smeaton, and today's interview was conducted by Jacinta Bowler. Thank you. Thank you.